Hi, everybody. I'm Daniel. And I'm Frankie. And this is Propagated Podcast. everybody and welcome hi daniel it's another week and some more shit to talk about it's another week we got some more plants (laughs) (laughs) hopefully this one won't be so uh intense as the last couple ones (laughs) i think that like this is a nice little breath of fresh air changing Uh the uh motif a little bit from all the horrible hellish things that are happening in the world to only a few (laughs) horrible hellish things happening in the world (laughs) (laughs) Just a little breath of fresh air. You know, we all need it. We're all stressed out. It's stressful. It's also really hot, um, but I think I found a solution. We bought a dog pool, like one of those foldable dog pools, and I've just been laying in it all weekend. It's been great. I love that for you. That sounds so nice, honestly. (laughs) Just eating popsicles and sitting in water. I'm sitting here sunburnt, but only on the front side of my body. I went (laughs) tubing on Monday and never flipped over. And didn't apply any sunscreen to my legs because they never burn except for this time. And so they're a little bit fried. You know what that always makes me think of? You know, like when you used to go to Krispy Kreme and they would like flip the donuts, you know, and they Mm -hmm. always like had this machine that would flip the donuts. But like when only one side was cooked or a donut didn't get flipped, you know, it was always very stressful. I was a very stressed out kid. Yeah, that's how (laughs) I feel. Baked, half baked, but not in the fun way with the weed, just, you know, in the the sun actually baked my skin way yeah 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 i get burnt really easily as you know i am i have baby soft baby skin <laughs> yeah see i'm the opposite i have leathery not very soft baby skin so i was surprised that my shins burned anyways yeah. oh so what did, what are we talking what what's happening? We how do we do this? I forgot how to podcast. I, I literally have forgotten the same. I was kind of hoping you would lead me in the general right direction and I could just follow. What goes first? Article, article. Did article. you get an article? I did get an article and I think it kind of relates to what we're talking today. It's from Live Science, which is in Ooh. a website. Uh and the article itself is called $1.2 million worth of rare stolen cactuses confiscated and returned to Chile. Ooh. The article is by Mindy Weisberger, and it was written May 26th of this year. So That's um, pretty recent. Yeah. The raid itself actually happened in 2020, um, and it happened in Italy. Hmm. So apparently in northern chile you have the atacama desert right and there are some really cool cactuses particularly in the genus copiapoa and erosice eriosice eriosica i don't know how to fucking say it you know how good we are at this guys that's my best attempt if you have a correction please let me know i know the last one was wrong but i'll leave it in there just so you guys can laugh at me it's great (laughs) um but Chile doesn't allow export of cacti- of specifically those cactuses, so it makes them a really popular target for poachers. Also, is it cactuses or cacti? <laughs> I don't know. It says cactuses in the article, so that's what really? I was running with. But is you're it not totally, cacti? But you're Am totally right. No, it absolutely should be cacti. I, I agree. I, you are correct. 
that it's cacti, I believe. Cactus. But I was literally Cactuses just... Cactuses just sounds wrong. But I was literally just reading out of this article. So I, I don't know. I'm Googling it. Don't worry. The plural of cactus is cactuses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This can't be right. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, y'all, I think my mind just exploded. Cacti is the Latin plural of cactus, and some writers use it in English. Cactuses is the English plural. No. Oh. Okay, well. Well, you know what? We're plant people, so we're we're using Latin, everybody. <laughs> uh, well, you might have to remind my brain that a couple times because I'm no. reading it off a page. <laughs> no, really, no, actually what we are, are podcasters, so whatever comes out is what we use. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. So I don't remember where I left off, but <laughs> so <laughs> Chile does not, or Chile, is it Chile or Chile? How do I say it? I think both. I'm gonna go back and forth. It's gonna be like a. It's gonna be a whole thing of me going back and forth from ways to say words. I guess. Um, We're doing great. We're doing woo! great. Thanks everyone for being here. Yeehaw! So get her done. Fuck! I don't know why I said that, and I hated every second of it. Propagated podcast. Get her done. Oh my god! I'm sweating so much too. God damn. The downfall of having 100 plants in your bedroom is the fucking sheer levels of humidity. Yeah. Yeah, I put all mine outside because I couldn't do it anymore. All right. However, Chile does not allow the export of cacti, which makes them this, like, hugely popular target for poachers. And so between the years of 2013 and 2019, hundreds of these plants were stolen from the wild. And so... Representatives of the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, or the IUCN, said in a statement on April 26th that hundreds of these plants were stolen from the wild between the years 2013 and 2019. So in 2020, officials from the IUCN confiscated 1,035 of the illegally traded cactuses in Italy during two raids. Wow. Which is an absolutely crazy a lot of cacti. cacti. A lot of, that's a crazy amount of cacti. It's absolutely well, absurd. Cactuses. cactuses. Yeah, right. <laughs> so these raids were the culmination of a year-long effort that they uh, called the Operation Atacama. Um, and it was a collaboration between the Italian and Chilean authorities in collaboration with the IUCN to recover these stolen plants and send them back to Chile. So essentially, long story short, they did this big operation. There's not a whole lot of information about how they, in this article specifically, about how they got it done. But unfortunately, about 107 of the plants died before they could get returned to Chile Aww. in the operation. 84 additional plants are staying in Italy, so they don't die, but they're staying at the Cide Studi Botanical Garden in Milan. Huh. So they're going to be used for research. And then the remaining 844 Chilean plants went back to their country of origin on April 19th. And after a period of quarantine to make sure there are no invasive species or pests attached to them yeah. that aren't native to Chile, will be relocated into their uh, natural environment, which I thought was kind of cool. Yay. I mean, it sucks that they were taken for the first place, but yay for getting back there. That's awesome. Yeah. And I don't like... Like I said in the beginning, 
just just to reiterate how crazy this can fucking be. This operation recovered what there's estimated at $1.2 million worth of cacti. Holy if they shit. were to sell on the black market. The black plant market. Oh, my gosh. You know, though, the whole time you were talking, I had this, like, adventure going in my head of, like, what it would be like to be a plant cop. And I feel like the only kind of cop I would want to be is a plant cop. But then, like, how fun would it be to be undercover as a plant cop and you're just like, hey, I'm trying to buy some cacti. Right. <laughs> Actually, I mean cactuses. <laughs> no, I swear I know what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> and, like, you have to, like, you know, like, pretend you're a black market plant buyer to, like, get out this, like, huge, like, plant network. Well, apparently they were doing something I was going to mention is they were doing live streams. Literally, the poachers were having live stream videos from the field asking customers which plants they wanted. Like when they were in Chile, they were what? live streaming their poaching so they could collect the cactuses that the people arranged to buy them <sighs> could choose which one they wanted out of the wild. That's so ridiculous. So what so what you're saying is that plant cops are not great at their jobs. Apparently if they were live not. streaming it. <laughs> Apparently not. Or maybe there just are no plant cops. <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like there's probably not that many plant cops. It's probably, well, honestly, yeah. botanists doing their best, working with scientists. authorities yeah. to authorities. God, Lord, have mercy. I imagine it's mostly botanies. Botanies. <laughs> We're doing so great. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode because I can't fucking talk. <laughs> Botanese is now the new um, baloney line I'm coming out with. I love that. Please do it. It's plant baloney. Phony baloney, if you will. Phony baloney. No way. No way. <laughs> Vegan baloney. Um, yeah, so if you know anything about like plant justice, hit us up. Let us know. Propagatedpodcast at gmail.com. If you're an expert in the field, maybe we'll have you on the show because we've never really done an episode yeah, specifically about I plant justice. Yeah, I want to talk justice. to an undercover plant cop. I'd be super into that. I really feel like we should design our like plant cop personalities of like, all right, we can make like mustaches. Well, you already have a mustache, but I can make a fake mustache. I could and, shave like, off like, my mustache. Ooh, no one will recognize you. <laughs> and um, I will be called... Oxalis. Uh, what sounds like a normal name? Not Oxalis. <laughs> Shoot, I'm already feeling. <laughs> I need a directive. I'm sorry. I'm oh not an improv. Oh my god. Oh person. my lord. <laughs> my name will be Oxalis something normal. Uh, my name will be Oxalis Dirt Fingers. <laughs> that's never mind. That's like a D and D name. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh, anyways, All what right. are we talking about today? I think we're going to talk about fucking weirdos. Weirdos. We love weirdos. The weirdos of nature. That's that's going to be the bit. Yeah. I did a lot of research into fat. Oh, I always want to say fascination. And I get this idea in my head of like these huge hats, which is flowers hanging off of them. It's not fascination. It's fascia fasci fasciation fasciation yeah oh so you like focus on a specific thing yeah but i might say fascination a few times i also looked up some weird plants that i really like and i can talk about a lot of weird plants because i was a florist and i only use weird plants 
because no one else wanted to use them. <laughs> I focused mostly on weird plants today because I wanted it to be a light, easy to listen to episode <laughs> after our ramblings of late about all the yeah. injustices in nature. Um, so do you want to just start us off with a weirdo? You want to tell me about a weirdo? Sure. So the first one that I kind of focused on is one that I feel like probably most people have heard of or know a little bit about, but it's still one of the most odd plants, I think, and that's the Rafflacia. What was it? Is that how you say it? Rafflacia? I don't know if I know that one. All right. It's the, it's the, they call it the corpse flower, but it's not really a corpse flower. Oh. With the, the big, big boys. Oh. Anyways, I don't, Rafflesia, Rafflesia, I don't know exactly how it's said. You post a picture. You know? <laughs> um, but I have it in here since it's discovery, but I think I'm not. It was discovered by a white person in a place that is not, it was not occupied by white people, but you know how that Oh, was. so it was quote unquote discovered. Discovered <laughs> in 1818, the Rafflesia Arnoldii has maintained its record as the largest bloom known, which I thought was kind of wow. cool. And it's cool. recorded as being three foot six inches in diameter and weighing around 24 pounds. Wow. So that's just obnoxiously large, honestly. Some uh, I don't remember pedalage. the I don't remember the direct quote because I didn't write it down, but the the guy who discovered it or I guess reported it into botanical journals. Um, said that, and this is a paraphrase for sure, said that he was, if he hadn't been able to bring anyone back to it, he would have never mentioned it, thinking that people would think him crazy for even trying to describe its enormity. <laughs> yeah. So, um, huh. but just the size of it isn't the only reason it's really fucking cool. This plant literally has no leaves, no roots, and no stem. Huh. Nothing. And it feeds itself off the roots of another plant. Mm. And also, on top of that, which I know we've already had an episode about pollinators, but obviously bees are not the only pollinators, and plants like the Rafflesia take a less common route and try and attract flies, specifically carrion flies, mm. because it sends out the scent of death and defecation to attract its pollinators. It literally smells like rot and poop. Yeah. Terrible smell. <laughs> Which, side note, you said about our pollinators episode, if you're listening, you're like, wait, I haven't heard that episode. It's because it's a Patreon episode that we're working on getting out now. And we also have a Patreon episode about the corpse plant that is in the works. So look at that. <laughs> Become a Patreon to hear more. It's going to be pa all over the place. Plant Zaddy. Plant Zaddy. Just go Plant Zaddy. Yeah. Zaddy. Become a plant zaddy. Anyways, to talk more about the Rafflesia, the life cycle, I think, is one of the coolest parts of it, too. So it's kind mm -hmm. of as equally odd as the scent the bloom exudes. So essentially, once a carrion fly has successfully pollinated the flower, it ends up producing a fruit. And then the fruit is fed upon by tree shrews. The shrews then poop it out, and the seed hopefully lands on the vine known as tetrastigma. It's a very specific vine, and it's the ah. only vine in its area that is able to support the parasitic nature of the Rafflesia. Interesting. 
So then the Rafflesia takes the nutrient it needs to produce a bud out of the vine of the Tetrastigma, and then the bud grows into the obnoxiously large flower, and the cycle starts all over again. Huh. Interesting. Now, for the little touch of not fun I'm going to throw into this episode. Uh-huh. Habitat destruction. Yeah, unfortunately due to deforestation. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, its own, like the Rafflesia's own precarious way of life because it has very specific parameters that need to be met to even try to repopulate itself. The Rafflesia is facing extinction which with at least 13 species of Rafflesia having had no documented existence since World War II presumed extinct mm. Bummer. so Sucks. that's that's the thing uh go back to our last episode if you want to hear more about deforestation and habitat destruction <laughs> <laughs> um i have one like that too actually that is so cool but it's pretty much and in, it's endangered now because of habitat destruction what are you done or do you want to talk more about well that's about what i got for Rafflesia. i have other plants okay. to talk about in the future but you talk about yours Cool. Yeah. I had never heard of it before and I was just Googling around, going down little, you know, internet tubes, trying <laughs> trying to find weird plants. This one is so cool and weird. I wonder if you've found this one too. It's called Palicuria alata, also known as the girlfriend's kiss. That was the next one I was going to talk about, but I really? call it the okay. hot lips plant because I thought that was the a fun hot name. Lips plant. Yeah. I also liked that it was like sex workers lips or like labia day, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and like there's other languages. lots and lots and lots of uh, interesting names for this plant. Yeah. It's really cute. Do you want to talk about it? No, you go for it. It sounds like you have some notes. And if you don't say anything I was going to, I'll add. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's from Central to South American Rainforests. And basically, it looks like it looks like a, the plant is trying to kiss you. It's really cute. It's very adorable. It's bright red. It looks like lips. And what it actually is is it's not petals. They're bracts. B r a c t s. I can never say that word. Bracts. They're bracts. Um, and it's the shrub that is in the same family as coffee matter or bed straw which is Rubia CE. But yeah, like the same sort of thing because of overharvestation and overharvestation is mm-hmm. that a word? I don't know. They I were overharvested. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to call you on that one cuz I wasn't sure. I was like I don't think that's a word, but it could be. I don't know. You know what? Overharvestation and deforestation. <laughs> um yeah, but they're now endangered basically because they grow as they're an understory shrub, so they need the shade from trees and such. So as mm. these trees are being cut down, these shrubs are dying because they need the shade. And also because people were like, oh, my God, it's so good for Valentine's Day. Let's put it in our bouquets. It looks like lips and kisses. So, yeah, kind of sucks. Yeah, I was trying to find some folklore for it because I feel like it would have to have some cute folklore. Oh, yeah. But I couldn't. I didn't find anything super specific. Like, it was all yeah. just kind of like overarching stuff. But Yeah. Did I miss anything? No. I mean, it was a pretty basic one. It was one of my shorter ones. Yeah. It's really cute. We'll post a picture on Instagram. Yeah, that's that's literally like the first thing I said. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be best described in a visual medium. So make sure you hop yeah. over to the Instagram to see it. Here, let me describe it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what it looks like. All right. So another one, and this one I think has... The cutest name ever for such a kind of horrific plant. 
is Uh-oh. called The Daughter. Like D-O-D-D-E-R. Daughter. Oh, that's cute. Daughter. Daughter, 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 daughter. I feel like daughtering would be something that I would do. I don't know what it means, but. Well, if it's anything like what this plant does, I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so a daughter is a genus of about 145 species of leafless, twining, parasitic plants in the morning glory family. Mm. Which also the morning glory family's. Latin name is Convolvulaceae, <laughs> which is just such a mouthful that I wanted to say it once because it's ridiculous. But anyways, that's no. kind of irrelevant. Com- com- yeah. Um, I think we should just mumble names from now on, and then no one will no have one any know. idea that we don't know <laughs> Latin. <laughs> um, but these plants are pretty widely distributed throughout the temperate and tropical regions of the world, and. Unfortunately, many species have been introduced with their host plants into new areas and are considered invasive species. Mm. Um, So the daughter itself contains no chlorophyll and absorbs food through, and I could be saying this wrong because I've never really heard this word before and I'm not a botanist, so if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. But it absorbs food through hostoria which are essentially root-like organs that penetrate the tissue of a host plant and can kill it. Huh. And so you have these slender string-like stems that can be yellow, orange, pink, or brown in color. And essentially they reach out and wrap around other plants and it reaches until it finds a host plant and then sends out the hostoria to sap nutrients from that plant essentially interesting it's a really odd plant um which is the whole point of this episode but uh yeah our weirdos so essentially water is drawn through the hostoria from the plant from the host plant stem and xylem and then the nutrients are drawn from its phloem and meanwhile the root of the daughter rots away after stem contact has been made with the host plant so as the daughter grows, it sends out new hostoria and kind of in- tries to encapsulate the entirety of the host plant over time. So then does it die once the host is consumed? I think it if it can't reach out and encapsulate another host plant, then yes. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Interesting. Really odd little thing. If you see it, yeah. there's some pictures that like are va- like vaguely reminiscent of... Um, kudzu or something similar just the way it stretches out and wraps around and kind of overtakes things but it does not it's not does but it doesn't have leaves so it's kind of got an odd almost more eerie tentacly like look to it because of the way it's leafless it's kind of an odd thing it sounds like a monster for sure in some sort of fantasy yeah it's super odd i don't I, i didn't do like a crazy amount of research into it, so I don't know exactly how quickly it grows. But it obviously grows quickly enough to be an invasive species that's very hard to get rid of. Yeah, our good old kudzu and English ivy and all those tentacly ones. But that's, it's interesting it doesn't have leaves. I can't yeah. even like picture it in my brain. Let me look up a picture. Daughter. Daughter. I just da- feel like I'm daughter. saying daughter, like a daughter. child. Yeah. 
Oh my god, it looks like spaghetti. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird looking. It's a weird looking How thing. How weird. It looks like someone silly stringed this bush. Wow. Okay, we'll post a picture on Instagram. That's wild. I imagine we'll probably post a picture of each of these so you have an yeah. idea of what's going on. This is a very on. visual episode. Yeah. <laughs> Visual episode in a very non-visual medium for you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me just explain to you this weird plant. <laughs> we wanted to give ourselves a challenge. You know, we're having fun. I think it's a Keeping great it thing. Real. It's a good thing. We're doing a good thing. And I'm kind of sad we're not doing a BuzzFeed quiz today because that was really fun last time. That was really fun. But I, that's that's for patron plant daddies only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Do you have another plant or something that you want to talk about? So next, I'm going to talk about something that I did the bulk of my research in, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> it's fascination. Oh, my God. And if I say fascination. <laughs> and if I say fascination, please forgive me because I it auto-corrected a bunch of times in my notes and it. You know, I don't know. It's fascinating. Whatever. I honestly don't know um, what fasciation is, so I'm excited about oh this. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm so excited I'm, to tell you because you do know what it I'm is. I'm ignorant to this. No, you do know what it is. Everyone knows what it is. I guarantee you if you're listening, you know what it is. You just never knew the name for it. So it's also known as cresting. Uh, fasciation, the name itself, comes from the Latin root of band or stripe. And basically, it's this abnormal fusion and flattening of a plant, but it also is like, like sometimes it looks like the flowers are pushed together or they're flattened in a stem or a spiral, or it's like just weird growth. Or sometimes like with like daisies or echinacea or flowers that like have a center, it looks like <laughs> the best way I can describe it is, you know how sometimes when you take like landscape photos, but like you take it of a dog and the dog moves and the dog looks like it's like mm -hmm. 10 feet long. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Like the plant just looks like. Was that a good description? <laughs> I loved it personally. <laughs> I would love to know what's in your mind's eye right now, everybody listening. <laughs> but I think that was a great description. So one of the most common examples of this is broccoli. Okay. Broccoli is a fasci fasciation. Um, basically in the brassica family which apparently i learned from a botanist making a joke that everything we eat basically comes from the brassica family <laughs> but it was a weird mutation of the brassica of something in the brassica family and that created broccoli and then broccoli kept being bred because it was edible and delicious so well, isn't that just cute yeah fun brassica facts. is the cabbage and mustard family um but it's this really cool, weird, sort of like fractally sometimes thing that sometimes is bred into plants like broccoli. And then sometimes, you know, people freak out about, which every article I read about it kind of broke my heart a little bit because some of them were like, if you see it in your garden, don't worry, it won't affect the other plants, but you better cut it out because it's a weird looking plant. And I'm like, no, leave it. It's beautiful. Just the Why way it, it is. Why does it need to be cut out? I don't understand. I know. Oh, right it doesn't need to be but apparently everyone needs perfect daisies in their garden <laughs> which i think you all can already guess how we feel about that <laughs> yeah being weirdos ourselves <laughs> keep the freaks keep the freaks forever freaks forever so it has a few different causes 
pretty much the main cause is a hormonal imbalance in the meristematic cells. That's a word. Which I had to look up what that is because, you know, I'm not a, bi- I'm not a biologist. I was about to say, that's, that's but, certainly a word that I, <laughs> that I should know everything about. <laughs> it's, we've talked about it a little bit. I think it was a fun fact for one of our episodes. You know how stem cells in humans, like it literally came from plant cells. Like the term stem cell mm-hmm. came from plants, which is the meristem tissue. Right. So it's they've like not the decided what they're going to be yet. Tissue. Basically, yes, exactly. Um, it's just undifferentiated cells that could develop into other tissues and organs. So sometimes it's just like you know something goes wrong, or I, I don't even want to call it wrong. Just something goes different. Um, sometimes random genetic mutations. Sometimes it comes from bacterial viral infections sometimes it comes from fungal infections it can also sometimes come from mites and insect attacks and also from some environmental exposure to chemicals um actually this is another really common cause is 2-4 comma d i don't even know how to say that it's some sort of chemical and you know fucking herbicide yeah i was about to say that's an herbicide right because i feel like i talked about that in one of the previous episodes yeah, maybe lawns. Um, but apparently, like, when you spray this on your your lawns, it leaves your grass fine, but it kills anything broad-leaved. Mm-hmm. So if it were to, say, get on one of your flowers just lightly or, like, the wind carried it or water carried it or something, it would somewhat destroy it to where it had this weird growth. <laughs> Abnormalities. Yeah. Abnormalities. Also, exposure to cold can sometimes cause it. Um, one of the ones that I think is really, really cool is, have you heard of Celosia before? I feel like I, what is it? What is the knot? What is the more common? You've definitely seen it. I have some in my garden. Celosia is like this kind of beautiful feathery flower type plant and it comes in bright colors. It's very beautiful, but it's one of those ones that is, I guess, due to genetics, is highly susceptible to fasciation. And because of this, they've actually created this type of solution called coxcomb. Oh, I know coxcomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandma used to have a fuck ton of those yeah. they everywhere. They're very, very easy to like get the seeds from and, and grow from seeds every year. Totally. Yeah, I... um. Back when I was a florist, I would always use them. And sometimes brides were like, no, this stuff is weird. It looks like brains. And I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, but it's I mean, it's so like, cool. They're like so <laughs> red and purple and pretty. It's been like, yeah, like orange. have this almost like pearlescent look to them sometimes too. Like just, yeah. they're really fucking cool. I always loved them. I think they're very beautiful, but you know. One person's rose is another person's coxcomb. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hated know. that. Also, <laughs> it would be one person's coxcomb is another person's rose. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I think. And they dry really yeah. well. If you ever encounter one, if you want to dry them, yes. they dry and keep their color they a do. lot better than other flowers would. Or All Solutia does. I've been um, actually growing Solutia to use in my artwork. Because nice. it does keep its color really well. Um, yeah, so fasciation has been observed in about 100 vascular plant families, but really it's kind of a rare thing overall. Um, but it does happen a lot in forsythia, strawberries, foxglove, delphinium, cactus, 
cacti, cactuses. I, I still <laughs> succulents. hate it. <laughs> but usually it doesn't repeat. Like if you want to breed it in, you have to do grafting. Um, sometimes seeds will do it, but generally, you know, it's kind of rare. But it is something that people breed for. So one of another common example, which I think is just as common as broccoli, is the beefsteak tomato. The beefsteak tomato was this genetic defect of fasciation that people were like, oh, great, that's a whole lot of tomato. We're going to breed that and sell that. Yeah. They look, you can tell that there's like, they don't look normal, like a normal tomato because <laughs> they have like the, I don't know. Segments kind of. Yeah. yeah. They like have rounded edges that like fold into each other which is kind of cool they look like you tried to take a landscape photo and your camera didn't get it quite right (laughs) literally it's great (laughs) um also another one that's popular is the crested saguaro cactus um you know saguaro cactuses are like the ones with the arms and they're really Mm -hmm. famous in like arizona and stuff but there's one that just like has this weird crest on the top of it that um people have been breeding a lot nice wasn't that just fucking cool? Yeah. There's also some ferns and apparently Japanese cedar that look really cool as I was Googling them. But yeah, they are pretty rare. So I think mostly people who are highly into collectibles would have them. Would have them. But also, I feel like when it happens, you should just leave it be and enjoy it while it is. Yeah. Just keep in mind that you have something really rare in your possession. Yeah. We that's love a cool the thing. And send us pictures. <laughs> Of course, always. Um, Tell me about more more, more plants. Yeah, I was, plants I was trying to think of a segue and I didn't have one. My brain <laughs> just wasn't doing it. Um, so the next one I want to talk about is a fungus because I thought it was really cool. It's kind of a, another weird one. We love a weird fungi. They're all kind of weird ones, obviously. But uh, let's go with the fucking Latin pronunciation first and just get it out of the way because I'm going to do it wrong. Um, Cynomorium cosineum is actually a fungus that we don't know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, the fungus itself has this extensive underground system of rhizomes, and it essentially has this like huge, round, bulbous, blackish red mass that shoots up out of the ground when it decides to have a fruiting body. Mm. And this fungus doesn't have any green pigment, which essentially means that it's unable to photosynthesize at all. Hmm. So it's another one of the parasitic plants, and it literally feeds off the roots of surrounding uh, greeneries. But what I thought was cool is that this fungus has adapted to where it only grows in salt marshes and on salt cliffs. Oh. So it's like got a very specific habitat and huh. it's adapted to like salty environments, which I feel like is a pretty unusual thing for plants. Yeah, we never hear about things that grow in salt. Like we always like moss doesn't grow in salty. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's harsher because salt wicks moisture away naturally. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. And uh, as with most of these plants, uh the expansion of human activities are greatly threatening the existence of this fungus, which is really sad because it's something that we haven't really researched very much yet. We just know it exists. We know its range, but scientists haven't had a real chance to like 
get in there and figure a lot out about it. And I hope that we have the chance to do that before it goes away. Yeah. But I think a part of the reason, again, this is a very visual episode is because of the way it looks. So like when we release this episode, they'll all be up on Instagram for you to see and give you a little mm-hmm. bit of a idea of what makes this plant cool and odd. All right. You actually reminded me of another one. Yeah. You want to go for it? Yeah. I just, I don't know why I didn't even do any more research into this, but like a while ago we had a friend of the pod send in a picture of Monotropa uniflora, you know, the ghost plant. Mm-hmm. I love those. I was just thinking about like weird things you'd stumble upon in the woods. Yeah. I always thought those were cool too. I didn't do any research on that one either. I kind of for. I didn't even think about that one, honestly. It didn't come up on any of the listicles that I found. I know, me either. Not, I don't know why it just popped into my brain. But Monotropa uniflora, also known as the ghost plant, ghost pipe, um, is really cool. It looks like, like, how would you describe it? Like, it looks like. So imagine that you were trying to draw a picture of a dainty Victorian era pipe. <laughs> like a pipe that yeah. you smoke out of. Made out of crepe paper. Yeah, more in the style of an opium pipe than a tobacco pipe, honestly, because that's just, just the way it looks. Um, and then make it slightly translucent and white where it's not translucent, like a, a 80% opacity white. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, too, because it looks like highly poisonous, but apparently it's been used in medicine since the 19th mm-hmm. century for, like, the nervous system. Like... It's, yeah, it's like translucent and white and it's kind of weird to stumble upon. And apparently I just found out that they're pollinated by bees. I don't know why I didn't think that that would happen. I guess just because it was like white and weird looking. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know, it does something weird to be pollinated. But no, it's just like a normal flower, I guess. <laughs> That's wild. I know that they're also, again, because they like green pigment, can't photosynthesize at all. So they don't make any of their own energy. Hmm. So how do they get their energy then? I imagine they're parasitic in some way too. Yeah. I don't know though. Uh, I didn't do research on it. Does not continue instead of genetic. Oh yeah, it is parasitic. Um, its hosts are certain fungi. Ooh. Ooh. It ultimately gets its energy from photosynthetic trees. Maybe that's why it grows so well out here in the forests. Yeah, it's really pretty when you stumble upon it. It's a very odd. It's something that you would imagine stumbling upon on like an alien planet more than you would in yeah, your backyard it looks like an alien you know for sure. it's wild looking yeah <laughs> um what's next anyways the next one i came up with was one of my favorites that i found and it's well witsia mirabilis i think is how you say it hmm. i didn't find <laughs> a more common name than that so it's just gonna be Ooh. well witsia mirabilis the whole time mirabilis 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 like I said, this is one of my favorites that I found. It's like a weird, cool succulent. So this guy starts with two leaves and never changes. It's like a no new friends plant. It does not allow, there's never more than the two leaves. That's it, which is very really? odd. It never, huh. ever gets rid of a leaf. It has the two leaves for its entire life, which let me tell you why that's really fucking wild because Scientists have carbon dated some of these plants, and they are on average between five and six hundred years old. What the fuck? <laughs> with their estimated lifespan going all the way up to fifteen hundred years. <laughs> oh my god, I love her. 
Right? So fucking wild. Lives forever. Old lady of the plant kingdom. So the largest specimen they found was in the Mesa Mountains of Africa. It's Namib- It goes from Namibia to somewhere else. I can't remember. I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes. But um, the one that they found in the mountains of Africa came in at four foot tall and 28 and a half foot wide. Feet wide. Foot, 28 wow. and a half foot wide. 28 and a half feet wide. Wait, wait. Why? That's a lot of feet. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Wait, with just two leaves? What with the two heck? leaves. The leaves never stop growing. They grow wow. forever. Wow. Gosh, how like horrible would you feel if you accidentally like broke one of those leaves? Well, apparently that's pretty common with like just animal oh, no. traffic and stuff. Not like human. This one actually isn't. Oh, yeah. I'll get into that in a second. But it's pretty common because they keep growing from that central point out and wider uh-huh. for them to get yeah. pretty tattered at the ends so really old specimens yeah. that you see will look absolutely beat up and ugly as fuck but they're <laughs> I mean, what the fuck do you expect from a 500 goddamn year old plant what the fuck I <gasps> this one baffled me it's why it's one of my favorites because it's like what the fuck do you mean they're on average five to six hundred years old oh my gosh that's so wild um and good news this one is one of the few on my list that wasn't listed as threatened. And because of their incredible lifespans and uniqueness, they're already protected by law, so hopefully they'll never get that way. Oh, that would be great. Um, I also thought the distribution was kind of cool, which I guess realistically it's logical the way that it grows. But when you're looking at it, it's like in these mountain ranges, but it only occurs where the uh, fog belt is to get moisture moisture. so you'll never find Mm -hmm. it too far away from the coast because it needs the fog belt to give it moisture because right next to the fog belt is the desert (laughs) so yeah that makes sense um but yeah i just have this i have this image in my head of like this plant is just an old lady that sits on her porch like (laughs) being like listen i might be tattered at the ends but i've been around a long time and you ain't never gonna get rid of me (laughs) i love that i love i love the stubborn old lady take i'm into it i really i don't know if you have this plant in your notes but i found a really weird orchid in my in my internet tubing I only have the one more plant, so it's not an it's orchid. Called, have you heard of this orchid before? It's called the Dracula Woolwardiae orchid. No, but I'm about to look it up because now I need to Yeah, know. you should look this up. It's from Ecuador. It's also known as the monkey orchid. It's like this weirdo. Is it a Macedavalia? I have no idea. The sci- <laughs> Did you not see the scientific name? No. Cause that, well, I know Woolward is the person who discovered it. But anyway, this orchid is kind of funny. It's kind of fuzzy and brown. It's interesting. I think you will love it. Huh, it's yeah, it's Macedavelia chimera, mm, which is a synonym of Dracula chimera. I only say that because the way you explained it, and then looking at the picture, it has that. Anyways, that's just me being a well. Nerd yeah, about you're the orchid expert orchids. here, so. <laughs> But they are really fucking cool looking, and I have seen these before. I just didn't know that that was another name. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. I, When I saw that one, I was like, well, I don't have much info on it, but I will share this with Daniel because I think he will love it. Yeah, they're fucking cool. I don't know much about them either, honestly, but I know that I saw one one time at 
uh, Appalachian Tropicals and I wanted to get it, but I was afraid I would kill it and it was too pretty. <laughs> That's a fair, a fair fear. Um, you know what else I want to talk about since you mentioned the, not the corpse plant, but the, um, what was its name? Reflacia. Yeah. Is Stapelia. I feel like that's a pretty common house plant that is also just a weirdo. I feel like it counts in the the weirdos of nature. Yeah, absolutely. Stapelias are an interesting plant for sure. They're so interesting. They're um, a carrion flower. They kind of look like, I think they are a succulent. Um, but when they bloom, and I've had a few bloom, they smell like rotting flesh. And it's really gross, except also awesome, because they look like starfish. And they have these little hairs on their edge that if you like blow on them gently, all of them move like independently. It's so cool. Yeah, no, those things are cool. I want, I really want, I don't think I have one. Oh, I have a bunch. I just had to split mine. So if you want one, I've got plenty. I might take one of those for me. Yeah. You know what? Rapid fire, here's another weirdo plant. Have you ever seen a protea before? No. There's king protea and queen protea, and they are so cool looking because they don't have petals. They have bracts, again, kind of like straw flower or an artichoke or something like that. And they're really beautiful, but they're like fuzzy on the inside, and then they have like these red scales on the outside. Ooh, how fucking cool looking. Yeah, I use those a lot in bouquets. <laughs> Why would you not? They're so fucking cool. All right, I had to look it up. Yeah. That is a weird flower. It looks almost like a, like if asparagus, or not asparagus, if a... Um, artichoke. Thank you. If artichoke decided to do to drag, that's what it would look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it broke totally as an artichoke and drag. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Speaking of, you shared that. If you didn't know this and you're listening, artichokes, when they bloom, have the most beautiful purple flowers. They're so fuzzy and weird and gorgeous. I had no idea. I found this the other day. Like, I was scrolling through Instagram and found a picture of asparagus in bloom. And I was just like, what the abs- What the actual fuck? Artichoke, not asparagus. Artichoke. I got Why am I? I don't know why I can't <laughs> say this is a thing. Yeah. They're just so beautiful and fuzzy and weird, and they look like aliens. And also, I think um, bergamot bee balm, I feel like, looks like aliens. I get so happy every time I see it. <laughs> I do like bergamot. I have one more that I want to talk about that I think is actually really fucking cool. Yeah, do it. And it's not – I don't know that the plant itself is honestly all that weird. I mean, it's a, it is a little weird, but it's something everybody probably knows about, and that's pitcher plants Ooh, from yeah. from the group Nepenthes. Uh, but Nepenthes hemsleyana specifically grows in peat forests in Borneo hmm. and is a common roost for bats of the species Caravula hardwickii. Huh. So the reason I think this specific pitcher plant is so cool is because the bat and this pitcher plant have created a mutually beneficial relationship. So the plant provides a comfy roost with very few parasites and an ideal microclimate. And then the bats poop in the plant and bat guano is super rich in nitrogen and it helps sustain the plant. And so this discovery, the, the discovery that the bats use this as a common roost, helps scientists understand how this particular pitcher plant can even survive given that its closest carnivorous plant relatives in the area capture seven times as many insects as it does. 
Oh. So they were all curious about how they weren't finding a lot of insects in their traps during the day, but how they were still staying alive. And it turns out it's because of this mutually beneficial relationship with the bat. And so then... What a relationship. That's true love. (laughs) What's really fucking cool after that is that scientists were like, well, fuck, this is really odd because how the hell are bats finding these in the middle of these super dense jungles? Mm. Like, it it wouldn't be... It was hard for the scientists to even, during their field work, to find these plants. And so they ended up testing the echolocation ability of the bats and the pitcher plants mm-hmm. by taking an artificial bat head and microphone to play echolocation calls at pitcher plants and then measuring <laughs> the reflected echoes. Holy shit, I want to be a scientist so badly. Right? It's so much. That, that just sounds like fun. Um, and the results showed that a dish-shaped structure at the opening of the pitcher plant bounced back very obviously with the bat's echolocation. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Huh. Which is really fucking cool. And so then the scientists were like, well, just because the structure gives back a good echo doesn't necessarily mean that the bats are actually searching for this echo. Because, you know, the the only way to be truly scientific is to try and prove yourself wrong. You know, you yeah, got to try yeah. and make, make your shit work. So with this, in some cases, they left the pictures exactly as they would be in the wild. And in others, the researchers augmented the picture plant somehow by either removing, enlarging, or modifying the reflective structure of the plant that they were that they were using. Uh-huh. And they found that the bats preferred to approach either the enlarged or normal pitcher plants over any of the other plants without the reflective structure when it came time to pick a roost. Hmm. So the bats went for the unmodified plants and perhaps the enlarged plants just because it seemed like a better safe haven. Yeah. I don't know if you're like super familiar with the way a pitcher plant works if you're listening to this or the way it looks, but it has like these big bowls that that bugs usually get caught in and then it has a canopy kind of over it. It looks like a pitcher with a top on it. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're assuming that they pick the unmodified plants because – of the coverage so nothing can see them from from that vantage point yeah that makes sense but this what also makes this really cool is it's the first time that a plant has ever evolutionarily shown to attract bats for a purpose other than pollination yeah ever interesting huh and it's also the first example of a structure like this outside of central or south america yeah so, really cool. Also, just to bring it back into the sad, um, the peat forces where the peat forests where these plants and bats coexist are being destroyed by deforestation to clear way for timber farms and palm oil. So, yeah. have fun with that. Blah blah blah. Palm oil's evil. That's one thing I learned from the deforestation episode. <laughs> or not evil. I guess I shouldn't say evil. It's just way overused. Way yeah. overused. But yeah, that one was the last two are my favorites. But I think that the cool pitcher plant that needs bats to survive is a cool thing. Yeah. 
That's super awesome. I love bats. I don't know if you know this about me, but I really, really love bats and I can't wait until I can put a bat house on my property. <laughs> right. I thought about putting one here. We have bats at night above my house. Yeah, anyways. we have bats here too. Yeah. <laughs> I get so excited when they come by. We also have an owl and this owl is very strange. Like it always sounds like it's lost. It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> owls like, are, Dude, are you okay? <laughs> Owls kind of scare me a little bit. I'm not a big. Really? I like love owls. I think they're majestic and beautiful. From a distance, yeah. But I don't want them near me. They're yeah. little. They're just no. I don't. Something about them gives me the heebie-jeebies. The coolest thing. Well, that's fair. I mean, they are the like death creature in a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of cultures. But um, did I ever tell you about the coolest thing I ever witnessed with my own two eyes? When I was sitting on the porch, I was making amaranth die. I was sitting on the porch. And I like looked up and I saw this huge, beautiful moth with just like, you know, like the big ones that are like the size of your face and they have circles mm-hmm. on the bottom of their wings mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's the prettiest moth I've ever seen. Like, what the heck? This is great. And then I saw an owl swoop in, grab it with its legs and eat it and take it off. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> what kind of an omen is that? <laughs> circle of life. Dude, one time, if you, have a, if you have a great fear of spiders, don't listen to the next 60 seconds. I was... At, like we were in this garage and we were literally like playing games in this garage and it was like open to the outside and i'm like i love spiders for all they do they're an awesome creature not my mm-hmm. favorite things honestly again from a distance from a distance yeah. <laughs> like like house spiders seller spiders they don't really bother me whatever it's the fast boys oh gosh the wolf spiders make me. me a little uncomfy yeah. Because they just move so fucking quick and I don't like wrapping my brain around something that can move that fast. Yeah. And has fangs and are generally pretty large. So anyways, that's kind of irrelevant. But <laughs> there was a big, big old wolf spider in this uh-huh. garage on the ceiling. So obviously I'm like keeping eyes on it because I'm like, I just need to know where you are. Like obviously I'm not going to do anything to you, but it's got to like keep you in my sight. My line of sight. I got it. I got it. Because I'm not going to feel comfortable if I don't. Well, in the process of keeping an eye on this spider, I watch it release itself from the ceiling. (gasps) Drop onto the back of a moth. Fall to the ground under the weight of itself with the moth (gasps) in its mouth and scurry away with a moth. It literally dive-bombed a moth out of the goddamn sky and ran away with it. And I was just like, it's just one more fucking reason for me to never fucking trust a goddamn spider. Just dive. What kind of fucking hunting technique is that? No, you're not. No, don't do that. (laughs) Scare me. Anyways. Well, that's terrifying. All right. Well, sorry if you're afraid of spiders. I hope you skipped ahead 60 seconds for that one. Um, yeah, uh, well, I don't really have any, well, I guess I have some other, I I also really want to talk about pods, seed pods, like, if we're talking about weirdos as a plant world, I have to talk about how weird seed pods are, like, I have nigella pods and scabiosa pods in my garden right now, and they are the weirdest looking things, and I love them so much. Seed pods are just fucking crazy, honestly, they really are. wild. So wild. Yeah. And I've like recently, my goal this year was to start to be able to like farm seed to seed. So like, you know, farm from seed, gather from seed, and then continue the cycle next year. Mm -hmm. And like, 
letting things go to seed is just really wild in some cases. They look weird. Dude, what's the plant that has the the skull pods? Oh, uh, snapdragons. Snapdragons. Yeah, they look Thank like you. They, if you name. let them go to seed, they literally just look like skulls on a stick. It's awesome. And they're so they're like really cool looking. And then you were saying it was called a money plant. Oh yeah, well we always called it a money plant growing up. I don't think that's the technical name for it, but well, I'm sure money plant isn't the technical technical the technical name for it. I was just curious because I think that they looked really cool. Oh, it's called Lunaria annua, called Honesty or Annual Honesty. Hmm. Yeah, it's really cute. Oh, they're actually about... really pretty when they don't go to seed too. Oh, I want to. Oh, I want to turn your turn it around. I want to see. Can I see it on your screen? Oh, those they are really look pretty. Like fox. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I, I'm definitely going to plant some of those next year. They look so cool. And then when they dried, too. Oof. I want a giant patch of lilies. Oh, like day lilies, so they're edible? Mm, I love them. They're so pretty. Also, my grandma, I don't know if I don't know what they're called. She used to call them spider flowers, but I think they're kind of lily. Maybe it's just, but it's not a spider lily. I can't remember. I don't know how to look them up, but I really want some. Maybe it is just a spider lily. I don't think it is, though. Hold on, I want to I want to show you this because I really want some. And if you have any that went, if you, I feel like if anybody had any, it would be you. Oh yeah, those are yeah, those are beautiful. I've seen those before. They always my grandma's had them for years and years and years and years, and then she dug them all up the other year. Aww. I don't know if she kept any. She's like tired of them, and I was like, oh. I guess that's fair if you've had them forever. Um. So you remember, this is a weird side note, but you remember a couple episodes ago, was it, maybe it was a Patreon episode, but anyways, I couldn't remember what STEM stood for. Oh yeah. What, what did you say? You said something that was like, <laughs> well, well, we decided M was mechanics and that was wrong. It was math. <laughs> well, we said mathematics. We fixed it later, but someone just sent me this and I think this is more appropriate. Women in STEM, sorcery, thaumaturgy, enchantment, magic. <laughs> there you go. That fits you um, perfectly. All right, I have one more thing to talk about, and then we have a plant, fun plant fact, and then we're ready to get out of here. So I also wanted to talk about this thing that I found today when I was going down my tubes. It sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't. That was the thing that you did, but that's the, okay. The internet tubes. <laughs> it's when you called, were surfing the web. When I was surfing the web. There we go. That's a better visual. <laughs> <laughs> when I was on my boogie board, boogieing down the internet. <laughs> I found this thing called polyploidy. Oh, why does that sound so familiar? Polyploidy is the fusion of two or more genomes within one nucleus, which basically it's when a, like a plant contains two sets of complete chromosomes, which is really, oh. really cool. Because yeah, apparently like most of the genetic mutations and a lot of the things that have brought us quote unquote favorable um traits in plants comes from polyploidy which i think is just so interesting that it just like happens in plants and i think in some fish and stuff too that's really cool yeah now i want to look up examples of that yeah all right well i think it's time to wrap it up with a fun plant fact we actually give have me one that week. fun fact 90 percent of the foods humans eat come from just 30 plants 30 is 90% of food. Wait, um, that kind of breaks my brain a little bit. 90% of the food humans comes eat. from 
the number plants. 30, not 30%, 30 percent, no, 30 plants. Three zero, 30 plants. I don't like that. <laughs> and another fun fact related to this is that nutrition doesn't actually factor into it. What does factor into it is the speed, ease, and expense of what they can do and produce and distribute. That one makes sense to me. I'm still stuck on 30 plants, Frankie. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to not be stuck on that. Corn, now. corn, corn, brassica, brassica, brassica. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, but this is a good reason to forage because we've talked about it before in our foraging episode. It is healthy, nutritious, delicious, awesome. Uh, Lookalikes, if you know what you're doing, it's not that hard. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm baffled by that. Okay. You just ruined my brain. Well, that's my fun fact. Anyways, this is the end of the episode. This is when we tell you about places to find and support us. Which realistically, there's only one that you know that you need to know about. If you yeah, just go to easy. propagatedpodcast.com. Look at that. Frankie did an amazing job of setting up a very beautiful website <laughs> with a nice experience for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So if you just go there, it's going to give you an instant link to our Instagram, our Twitter, our patreon if you want to support us that would be awesome we have a coffee now too if you want to do just a one-time little donation you want to buy us a drink for the podcast or you want to buy us a little cake or something you know we all understand that it can be difficult to look at another monthly payment and be able to justify it so it could be really easier for you all if you decide that you wanted to give us a little support to just do a one-timer and that would be greatly appreciated Yeah, or you can not at all and if you decide to not Oh, go ahead. And if you decide to not financially support us because you can't or don't want to, which uh-huh. is totally fine, it's really easy to give us a share, give us a listen, give us a like, and most importantly, if you're on a podcasting app that allows you to, rate us. If you yeah. give us a good rating, that's going to be the quickest way for everybody else to find out about us. Yeah, the thing I've been running into is that like plant people don't necessarily listen to podcasts but podcast people listen to podcasts so if you like our shit just like find a podcast friend and tell them that they should learn about plants and come check us out like we would love to have them and come party with us yeah obviously we're not the most experienced so you don't have to be experienced to be listening to us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just come listen to us say plant names really horribly but also you'll learn some things and it's fun <laughs> Sometimes. It's a good time. It's a good time most of the time. Sometimes we have Unless to talk about Unless it's incredibly, cripplingly depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are so, 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 so happy you're here. We have built this awesome little community and we're so thankful for you all. So thank you so much for listening and joining us. And as always, if you want to hear about something or just want to talk to us in general, just hit us up. You can email and reach out on social media and we'll try to be as responsive as we can. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. I'm that plant.